Hello, you're listening to the Faith Point Church podcast, the home of all Faith Point Church messages across our campuses. We hope and believe that this message will leave you blessed and encouraged. May God speak to you clearly as you listen in. The WWF, when you used to grow up back in the days. Does any know anyone back in the days, WWF, before it was WWE? That's for the OGs. It was first WWF. Some of us remember um, uh, Bret Hart. Does anyone know Bret Hart? Okay. And the brother. Some people know Shawn Michaels. Okay. Shawn Michaels. Uh, okay. We are back in the game here. Some of us remember uh, Triple H. Triple. Okay. There we go. We are there together. Who remembers Stone Cold Steve Austin? Uh, there we go. All right. We remember. Some of us are lost. I don't know if you're watching Teletubbies that time, but we were watching the real thing. Um, and, and, and wrestling is, is, is a beautiful sport before they exposed it for it not being real. We believed it was real. I believe WWF people used to bleed a lot because the stunts were harder than what they are today. Amen. Um, but, but wrestling is basically uh, one competitor coming against another and they play their music to intimidate the other one. The crowd is going crazy and we are wanting to see whose power will overwhelm the other one. And some people are saying, I stand with this one because I believe when he pulls out the 619, it's over. It's over. I believe when Undertaker does the tombstone, it's over. You know, when, when Brock Lesnar does the F5, it is over. And you, and you hold your, your trust in one of the two, believing that their power will overwhelm the other. Can someone say amen today? And each person is sta- standing on each side to say, out of this wrestling match, who will win? The Bible tells us a story where there was a wrestling match too. Where the Bible tells us that Jacob was wrestling up against God. Or a representation of God. We find this in Genesis chapter 32 verse 24 to 25. Genesis 32 verse 24 to 25. We see that there is Jacob who the Bible says all of a sudden he's in the wilderness. He was alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. It means all night they were wrestling. The man saw that he could not overpower him, so he touched the socket of of Jacob's hip so that the hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Can someone say amen today? The Bible tells us that Jacob was wrestling up against God or as a, a representation of God. And the Bible says that this representation of God, it could be an angel. Some people call it Christ. But nonetheless, the Bible says it is a God who was wrestling against Jacob. And the Bible says that this representation of God looked at Jacob and said, I can't overpower you. Not, it does not mean that Jacob was greater or more powerful than God. But it meant that there was a place that Jacob was not willing to go or let go of. Jacob was wanting to lean to his power so much so that things would go his way. And he was wrestling and wrestling and God made a decision that I am not going to try and fight you in this zone of you trying to prove your power. And all of us must know this, that God does not come and try to convince you out of your power. 
He does not join the game that you are in. If you are trying to do it by your power, he says, I'm not going to join a part of that, but he will show you power. God does not overpower. He reveals his power to show you which is the greater one. So all he does is he touches Jacob and his hip becomes dislodged. Amen. We see that as the Bible continues in verse 31, as the story continues, the Bible says the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Can someone say limping? Can someone say limping? When you limp, it simply means that you, you are walking and it looks a, a bit like this, right? It means something has happened to one of the legs and because the power has left it now, you must rely on the other one. The other one is weak, so you touch on it a bit, but you rest on the other one. And that is what causes a limping. Now, I want us all to know that God will bring you to a place where you will limp before him. God will bring you to a place where you limp before him because there are times when you are trying to do life by your own power. There are times when you are wanting to accomplish or find peace or find joy and you are wanting to do it by your own means, by your own wisdom and at times God will allow you to limp before him so he can show you where true power comes from. Because that's where your confidence is, church. Many of us think of our right hand. Who's right-handed in this place? Who's right-handed? Is there anyone who's left-handed? There's always a few. There's always a few. There's three of them in the room. But generally, the right hand represents our strength. The right hand represents where we are strong. Even the Bible speaks of the right hand of God. In the book of Psalms, chapter 16, verse 8. The book of Psalms, chapter 16, verse 8, it says... I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Can someone say amen today? You see, your right hand is your place of strength. Your right hand is the place where you have things under control. How many of us know that each person in this room has a different place of strength? Some of you, you find your strength out of family. Some of you, you find your strength out of relationships. Some of you find your strength out of your financial state. It brings a place of strength. And the Bible says, as long as God is at your right side, you will not be shaken. As long as God is with your family, you will not be shaken. As long as you see God is in your career, you will not be shaken. As long as you see God is providing in the area of finances and you know it's of God, you will not be shaken. And it brings great confidence. The Bible continues in Isaiah 41 verse 13. It says, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Isn't that powerful? How God says the place of strength, God will take a hold of it and help you. The place where you are strong, where you are wise, where you are gifted, he will take a hold of it and make sure that you will have success. Is that not powerful? The book of Psalms chapter 73 verse 23, Psalm 73, 23, it says, yet I am always with you. You hold me by your right hand, by God's right hand, which also represents the power of God. The right hand. Can someone say amen today? Can someone say the right hand? 
Can someone say the right hand? Can someone say the right hand? As I said before, the right hand can represent your career, can represent your family, can represent relationships in your life that keep you feeling strong. But this title of the message is called The Other Hand. Can someone say amen today? You see, what we find is we can put, you can put all your investments in the right hand. You can put all your hope in the right hand. You can put all your trust and all your belief in the future based on the power of your right hand. But what God will do is, and what life will do at times, it will affect the power of that right hand. And all you will have is the other hand. You know how many people will say this phrase in English where I did something single-handedly. Single-handedly, I I, I built that business. Single-handedly, I I created this this movement or this song. Single-handedly. And I think about that because often we pretty much, you are doing life single-handedly. I discovered when this hand got broken and someone asked me to write. I went to the doctor's office and they said, can you please write out your information? I was like, oh my goodness. So I, asked, I, I looked at them. I said, the right hand is gone. I can't do this. And I thought about when I was getting ready, things I would do in the house, things I would prepare. And I'm realizing how most of my life I'm really using one hand, and the other hand is just in support of the right hand. And many times you can find that that's true of your life as well. There are things that have defined your identity, and those are the things you are strong in. The things that you have defined your life by are the things that are going well, or the things that you can keep under your control, and everything else, you are pulling it by the side. Hey, if you are not good with your emotional health, you will put your power in your career and you will say, I will see my emotions later. If you are good in your career, but things in family aren't going well, you will say, I will put my confidence, my identity in the strong thing my family will drag later. But what happens when the strong hand is broken? What happens when God takes you through a season and your strengths are not available and he says, now you must only use the other hand? Can someone say amen today? The book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 3, it says, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That's Matthew 6 verse 3. After that will be Psalms 144 verse 1. But right now in Matthew 6, Verse 3, it says, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. The sad thing that happens is sometimes you are, you are operating out of your strength so much that your weaknesses become so disconnected to your life. The, the other things that you don't pay attention to, they become irrelevant to the things that you're going that you're going through because you are focused on doing it through your strengths. You're doing life through what you know. 
You're doing life through what you have figured out. But all the other things become irrelevant to your life because you do not use them. But I want you to know that God is going to, and as we look in the year, there will be a time where God will require you to use the things that seem weak in your life. Am I speaking to someone today? There will be places that are weak that God is going to say, in that place I want to do a new thing. It's going to be in the weakness, the thing that you don't get right, almost the thing that you were embarrassed to let people know about. He will say, I want to begin to bring that thing out and strengthen that place. The book of Psalms 144 verse 1, it says, Praise be to the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. Not just my right hand, but my hands for war. You see, sometimes there are people who try to walk with God and fight battles with one hand. But the problem is the Bible says something about your enemy. Amen? Speaks in Job chapter 2 verse 2. Job chapter 2 verse 2. Can we turn there? Job chapter 2 verse 2. Can someone say amen today? Can someone say amen today? I'm going to ask Nkosnati, can you come up? Because I don't want DK to to, to shout at me. I'm always using him for examples. Don't want him to, to have a meeting and say, Pastor, I feel used. I feel used, Pastor. Can you just face, yeah, like that. So imagine Nkosinati is you. The Bible says in Job chapter 2 verse 2, it says, The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming through the earth, going back and forth on it. Can someone say amen today? What What the enemy is saying is his movements are not one directional. They are back and forth. So if you are strong on one side, What the enemy says is he checks the other side too. He says he does not just go forth into the world. He says he moves back and forth. And he sees the things that you don't pay attention to. He sees the things that cause anxiety, the things that begin to shake you fast. He recognizes them and he says, okay, I see The other things that you're strong in, maybe you're strong in prayer, your business is going well, your family is going well, but your mental health, yeah, it's easy. It's an easy open place. He goes back and forth, back and forth until he understands what it takes to take you out. But unfortunately, we stand with God and we, can you put up both your hands? And we say we are, we are strong, we, we know our family, we know prayer, we know how to serve, but the things that you don't pay attention to, the devil knows. The Bible tells us that God then speaks about Job and, and the devil says, I know him. He doesn't say who is that, he says, I know him. And he says, I know what I need to do to make him start to doubt. He says, God, give me one, two, three, and I'll show you this guy's character. Because Job was good in business. He was good in family. He was good with people. 
But there were places in his faith that were open gaps. Can someone say, man, you can have your seat. Can we clap hands for him? So when you live your life based on just the things you are strong on and you don't want to pay attention to the things that you are weak in, you don't want to shine a light on the things that you are weak in, I want you to know you are vulnerable to the devil. Not only are you vulnerable to the devil, but you are vulnerable to yourself. Not only to yourself, but you are also vulnerable to the world. Can someone say amen today? How many of you have ever met someone who you know things about them that they don't know about themselves? (laughs) That there are some people they don't know. Hey, they don't know. They don't. There are some people who they can come into your house. They are visiting you. And the way they are behaving, it's as if your house has become their house. But they can't see. They can't see that this behavior is going to make sure you're not welcomed again. (laughs) There are some people you don't even recognize. You went to a house once. Why didn't you come back? Why didn't you return? There was something you did not see, but someone could see. You see, it's important, church, that we recognize that God does not only want you to be a man who is good in certain areas. He is interested in the holistic picture of your life. Because if he does not build you holistically, the enemy knows that gap and he will step in expeditiously. He will come in in a sharp way. And the sad thing with the enemy is he gives you time to mature in your blindness. He gives you time, especially what I've said before, the older you get, the more proud you are of what you know. So it means this, the older you you become, you don't want to be told how to do things because you know. When people want to tell you things, you say, I know. But the younger kids will say, tell me, how, how is it done? Teach me how to do it. Teach me how to do it. So the enemy often will allow age to catch up to you because you are less teachable the older you get. They even say it's harder for people to find relationships because people are hard in in their ways. They say, I know who I, accept me as I am. You don't want to change. It's not right, that thing. You must change for a person. You must change. Tell the person next to you, you must change for a person. Hey, accept me for who I am. No, 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 no. What the enemy does is he gives time for you to mature in a space so that you don't even want to hear teaching. So you don't even want to hear correction. And when you're there, that's the perfect place. Then he allows blessings to come your way. He allows family to come your way. He allows children to come your way and he knows where he's going to hit because the enemy wants the greatest damage done. This is why the enemy doesn't hit the hardest when you are young. He will throw you signs and and test you, test you, test. But then he waits until you are older when all the blessings have come because he wants the greatest damage to hit you. And as long 
as you've tried to build your life around one right hand and the left hand is weak, you're in trouble. The Bible tells us he trains both hands. Can someone say amen today? So what we need is we need the grace of the Benjamites. Can someone say Benjamites? The tribe of Benjamin is one of the tribes of Israel, which was founded by Benjamin. And we see this in the book of Genesis chapter 49 verse 27, where there was a blessing over all the tribes of Israel. The Bible says, or the blessing was, Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning, he devours the prey. And in the evening, he divides the plunder. Oh, isn't that such a cool thing to say about someone? They say, Benjamin. And say, Benjamin and the whole tribe of the Benjamites say, who are we? What is the blessing that comes over us? It says that they are like ravenous wolves. In the morning, they wake up and they devour what they need to get. At night, they come back and they, and they begin to provide for those around them. Now, what came out of the Benjamites, as you keep reading the, the, the scriptures, is they became a people of war. A very unique type of people because they were not only trained with their right hand, but they made sure that what the right hand can do, the left hand must do as well. This is why they were so dangerous in war. Because if you had hit them on one side and this arm was gone, they would pick up the sword and deal with you on a side you're not used to. Can someone say amen today? You see, God is showing us the Israelites were God's people. Amen? So the Bible is showing us through the tribes of Israel elements of who we are to be in our characteristics. We are to be a people that we do not allow the weakness to remain. We can know it. We can recognize it. But we must also allow God to train us in the place of weakness. You must allow God to take you to a place where you are weak. Not coming to church where we are all manicured. Looking fresh. Looking wonderful. Amen? Amen. But to come into God's presence saying, I am weak and I need training in this weakness. What, What is the point of you coming to God and just saying, God, just make me stronger in the way you are already strong? What is the point? Where is the growth? This is why many Christians do not grow. You come in church, in and out, in and out, same person, same person, but you never say there's this weak thing that God, I need you to train me there. Yes, I may never be the strongest in that area, but I can be stronger than this. You can be, you don't have to keep tripping on the same things, church. But you have to allow God to bring you down. To a place where he will strengthen the weakness. What happens when you have strengthened your left hand? Let's look at 1 Chronicles chapter 12. Am I making sense to anyone today? 1 Chronicles chapter 12 verse 1 to 2. 1 Chronicles chapter 12 verse 1 to 2. One thing that happens when you train your left hand is you are able to show up in times of crisis. You are able to show up. You know when there's crisis, there's some people who run. 
Am I speaking to someone? When things are bad, they say, when, the, when tough, what, tough times? Eh, not tough times never last. <laughs> tough, tough, the tough get going. What? Something, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And some people have used that to say, hey, when the going gets tough, hey, I may be tough, but I'm going, I'm leaving this situation. And we are, as a matter of fact, in our generation in such a place where when anything is tough, it says, get out of there. When anything is difficult, oh, it's toxic. Although it's, it's having a tough conversation is toxic these days. Addressing you and you addressing me is toxic these days. They say, get out. Because it's toxic. So you never actually deal with what the issue is. You just say, let me find a space where I'm strong and I will not deal and be built in a place where I am not strong. And this is back and forth between yourself and the person you have to deal with because dealing with something needs both people to show up. But when you have trained your left hand, you're able to show up in a time of crisis. What is a time of crisis? A time of crisis is when the thing that you found strength from has been destroyed. That's a time of crisis. The thing that made you feel strong is taken away. It's a time of crisis. A moment when you have to rely on the other hand is a time of crisis. So if you have not been training the other hand in a time of crisis, you will not be able to show up. You will run to a cave. You will run to a corner. But you will not still be there when it gets difficult. Because something was touched in your life. Because something was touched in your emotions. Because something was touched financially. Because something was touched in your relationships. And now you are destroyed because the left hand was not built up. It was ignored for too long. The Bible says this in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. It says, these were the men who came to David at Ziklag. You see, David was in a place where he needed people who could handle two sides. He says, while he was banished from the presence of Saul, son of Kish, they were among the warriors who helped him in battle. They were armed with bows and were able to shoot arrows or sling stones, right-handed or left-handed. They were the relatives of Saul from the tribe of Benjamin. You see, when there was a time of crisis, because they could hold two things on two sides, they were able to show up for David. You see, there are times when you will struggle to even show. You know, sometimes you may be in a crisis, but you still need to show up. Being in a crisis, it does not mean you don't show up anymore. When things aren't going well, it does not mean you begin to treat your husband or wife bad because it's not going well with me. You don't get to treat your friends badly. Because it's not going well with me. You still must show up in your crisis. 
But it takes someone who has allowed God to speak into their weak place. It takes someone who has allowed God to speak into anxiety and say, Lord, talk into this place. I'm anxious. I get depressed. But that is not a place where I will just say it's a problem, but God, that is training ground for me. I will allow my time of depression to still, I will still gain from that land of depression. I will still gain from the wilderness. I will not allow it just to take from me, God. Train me in the wilderness, oh God. David needed people who could handle the left and the right. So what happens is you can show up in times of crisis. That's what will happen. Number two is your accuracy will become sharper. Amen. Judges chapter 2. 20 verse 16, Judges chapter 20 verse 16, Judges 20 verse 16, your accuracy becomes sharper. You become a more effective person when you have trained your left hand. Judges chapter 20 verse 16, it says, among all these soldiers, there were 700 select troops who were left-handed, each of whom could sling a stone at a hare and not miss. A hare is another word for a rabbit. Amen? The Bible says these, again, are Benjamites. But the Bible says that because, you know, if you can throw a, a ball and you can hit something all the time, if you then switch hands and begin to use your left hand to do the same thing, your accuracy towards your right hand will even improve as well. Am I making sense to anyone today? If you've practiced something so much, your effectiveness in what you're doing, that even the weak side is effective, it means accuracy will be your portion. Now, many times, the problem with, especially I've said this before, the problem with Africans that we have is we do not focus enough on effectiveness. Being effective. Being sharp, being accurate. Am I speaking to anyone today? It's because sometimes you find one thing you're good at and you just want to focus on that. And not go to the things that you are actually not good at to make sure those things get better. So our accuracy becomes sharper as I'm coming to a close. Can someone say amen today? Can someone say amen today? And the other thing that happens when you are training your left hand is that you can be raised to bring deliverance. Can someone say amen today? The Bible says in the book of Judges chapter 3 verse chapter 3 verse 15. It says again the Israelites cried out to the Lord and he gave them a deliverer Ehud, a left-handed man, the son of Gera, the Be- the Benjamite once again. The Israelites sent him with tribute to Eglon, the king of Moab. And the Bible begins to basically say that God used him to bring deliverance to God's people because he was a man who made sure that he is not only focused on one side, but the left. The Benjamites were known as a people who they would not just fight with their right, but they would fight with their left. See, the problem with many times that you can face is many times you have discounted the things that you are weak in and think God cannot use that place in your life. The things that you will always get wrong and you will think that God can't use me because or 
God will use me in other ways because I'm not good in that thing. But what the Bible tells us is that God trains your hands. So after the right hand is fine, he looks at the place where you don't get things right and he looks at you and says, are you willing for that to be trained? Are you willing for that to be put under scrutiny? Are you willing for us to open up that place and for you to admit that you're weak in that thing and that for God to then say, okay, now let me train you out of that place because the enemy knows that you're weak there. But we have to come to God and say, Lord, I present to you both my hands. I present both of them to you. Am I speaking to someone today, church? Now, how do we train or how does God train our left hand? Number one, he trains it in our, in our private spaces. Amen? Amen. One thing that I do not like that is often preached or used in sermons is people will come, preach, and then begin to speak of the private space in someone's life in a condemning way. Because there are times where what God is doing in your private space is he is training weaknesses in the private space. If you will allow him. You see, in the private space is often where you will find yourself making mistakes. Getting it wrong. It's because God has mercy over you to say, get it wrong before God. And allow him to train you to get it right. So that you would not be embarrassed before mankind. You see, there is what is called a grace time and a grace period. Where God reveals to you and God shows you the left hand that is not strong. He shows you the left hand that's unable to carry hard times. The left hand that's unable to carry temptation. The left hand that's unable to carry disagreements or offenses. He shows it to you and nobody else knows about it. It's not that it is a bad thing that you must be condemned about, but you must open it up to God to say, God, train me here while people aren't seeing God. Before this thing spills over into a relationship, before this thing spills over into a community, into my family, God, train me in this private place. So God, you see, many of you have been in a private space and when it's spoken about, you get uncomfortable. But I want you to, instead of becoming uncomfortable, to begin to be switched on about your private place. Get switched on and begin to say, people don't see me, but God, you see me. And I need you as my heavenly father to train me. You see how I act these days. You see the mistakes I keep making. And you turn to God and you tell him that he can see it, God. Train me up, Lord. Train me up so I don't keep falling in that place, oh God. This left hand must become stronger because if it does not, the enemy knows what to do. The Bible says this, if you say the Lord is my refuge, or, or in other words, my hiding place, or my secret place, if you say the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, 
No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near you. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift up. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And the Bible says this, you will tread on the lion and the cobra. Then the Bible adds emphasis. I love how, how scriptures are written. It says you will tread on the lion and the cobra. The next part says you will trample on the great lion and the serpent. So the Bible speaks of his presence being this safe place where he protects you. But then the Bible says but he still presents a lion in that place. Because the secret place in God is still a place where you must be trained how to walk on something that can hurt you. God will, God will not only keep you in the safe and it's, it's nice and he's carrying you. After he carries you, he then puts a lion and says, step on it. He says, tread on it. So when you tread on it, it means you're not so sure. What's going to happen if, 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 if I open this up? What's going to happen? This, it, it normally doesn't work out. It, I normally fall in this direction. I, what's going to happen? But then the Bible says there is a progression in the presence of God, how he trains. It starts with you treading, but then he brings you to a place where you can step on it and know that he has trained me among the lions. He has trained me among the cobras. And now I can come out in public stronger. Now when crisis hits my life, I know that in the private time with God, he built me up in this weak place. I can still stand. I can still pray. I can still serve. I can still love the one who's next to me. I don't have to throw out my, my hands and say, oh, woe is me. I can say I still worship God. Even though my right hand is damaged, I will still lift him up with the left. For he's trained me in my weak place. He's trained me in the place where I was not paying attention to. He's trained me in the places people can't see, like my emotional health. He's trained me in how to think, how to renew my mind when things, when crisis is happening around me. He's trained me how to lean into joy and away from happiness. He's trained me how to look in his word and not just the words of man. You see, in the private time when sometimes things get chaotic, it's not only because there's a problem with you, but God is trying to train you. You must begin to understand that he's training you out of a weakness. Number two, if you're trying to build up the weak place in you, you must make sure that you replace David with Solomon. Amen? Amen. What does it mean if you are going to start using your left hand? For example, maybe let's, let me, let, let's talk about mental health there. How often, many times, you will deal with things in a way that makes you avoid processing it. You can do things that make you avoid What's happening in your life? Instead of processing what's happening in the situation. So what some people may do, they may say, hey, let me call some, I need to call people, let's go somewhere, let's go somewhere. And say, where are we going? I don't know, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. They are back and forth, hey, left and right, hey, up and down, hey. Avoiding something. Avoiding something. 
avoiding, trying to, trying to step, or, or some people give themselves to their work. They say, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to focus, I want to make sure I hit this target, and, and I'm going to make sure I focus. Some people give themselves to their studies. I'm a study, must make sure I hit this, but you're avoiding something. You're avoiding things happening in your life. You know? and, and, and you're not allowing God to strengthen how you deal with things mentally. How you replace David with Solomon? What Solomon says here in 1 Kings 3 verse 7. It says, now Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. So replacing my father David. But I am only a little child and I do not know how to carry out my responsibilities. Meaning that Solomon represents a place of not knowing how to do it. Not being experienced enough to do something. But the only way that you will get better, let's get back to, into mental health. The only way you get be- better into handling things of your mental health is when you decide, I am not going to use friends. I am going to now choose to process more. I'm going to replace the way I would handle things before. Can someone say amen today? Or some people, you know, they say, um, especially anger. Anger often is an emotion that, rep- that, that is covering another one. So sometimes people would rather be angry than to be vulnerable. Am I making sense to anyone? Some people don't want to have a conversation and to tell someone, you hurt me. And the reason why that hurt me was because this and this has happened before. So instead, I'll be angry. I'll say, okay, buzz off. Okay, sharp. No, sharp. No, 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 no. It's cool. You tell yourself, no, that, that is a weakness. I must know how to communicate. I must know how to let people know what's happening with me. That's the way I'm going to have a healthy marriage. That's the way you're going to have healthy children. That's the way you're going to have good friends around you. You can say where you are at. You can talk. And you can talk in a way that, that they are hearing you, but you're also listening. So you say, I will replace. So what does it mean? The thing you are weak in, you begin to walk in the weakness. And say, I must work it out. I must use the left hand. I must process. I must speak. I must tell people about what's going on. Am I making sense today? This is the way God trains us. Is he replaced David with Solomon. To prove that his power is above what many people would think David's was. Can someone say amen today? But lastly, lastly, I'm going to ask for, of course, not one more time to come up. I'm going to ask for DK. God bless you. You were smiling, so I'll, I'll do it one last time. Amen. The last thing I want us to know as we're going to pray. The Bible tells us about um, how Joseph was bringing his, his children to, to Jacob. Amen. So you're going to be Jacob, right? So you're going to stand there and then face us like that, right? So now, I, maybe uh, blessings as well. Blessings, can you come? Can we clap hands for blessings? So now there's about to be something. That, now, Joseph, yeah, okay. 
you guys will both be there. So Joseph hears that his, his father is ill. So we read this in, it won't be on the notes, but uh, Genesis 48, verse 13 to 14 says, And Joseph took both of them, Ephraim, who was to be Ephraim? Ephraim and Manasseh, okay? Ephraim on his right hand, Ephraim on his right hand towards Israel's left. So it means this. This is Israel, right? Jacob. I'm Joseph, and I'm bringing my sons to get a blessing. Amen. 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 So now as I stand, as I'm wanting to bring my sons, okay, face them also. As I'm wanting to bring my sons to get a blessing, what I do is, because in those days, the right hand would represent the firstborn's blessing, the greater blessing. Amen. The greater approval. So the Bible says, Joseph took both of them, Ephraim on his right hand, on his right towards Israel's left. Amen? And then he took Manasseh to his left towards his right. Amen? Because Manasseh is the older brother and Ephraim is the younger brother. Can someone say amen today? Now the Bible says, but... Okay, now walk closer. But Israel reached out his right hand, reach out your right hand, and put it on Ephraim's head. Though he was the younger, and crossing his arms, put his left hand on Manasseh's head. Amen. What happened is Joseph is bringing his oldest and saying, I want you, Lord, to put the blessing over the strongest one. And say, I want the blessing, I want the anointing on the strongest one, my oldest son. The one who I've put my hope in, the one I've trained, the one I've been walking and and building up. I want you to put the blessing on them. But what the father does is he puts it on the weaker, younger son. The story continues in verse 17 to 19. It says, when Joseph saw his father placing his right hand on Ephraim's head, he was displeased. And he took his father's hand and moved it to Ephraim's hand. So he takes his hand and says, that. Amen? I just want to make sure I'm reading the actual verses. It says, Joseph said to him, no, my father, this is my firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused. Put it back. And says, I know, my son, I know. He too will become a people. He too will become great. Nevertheless, his younger brother will be greater than he, and his descendants will become a group of nations. Amen. Just, just stay like that. I want us to, to know that there is, this is often a picture of what God does with what we think is our strength in our lives. Many times we approach our Heavenly Father and we say, Lord, this, this ministry is the thing that I, I believe God is going to be great. I'm putting this before you. That this, this relationship that I have, I've been, it's been so good. Lord, I pray that you anoint this. Lord, this, 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 this vision, this business, Lord, whatever it is, I put it before you. May you anoint the strong one, Lord. I'm so good at this thing. I'm so excited about this thing. But your right is God's left. You see, when you stand before God, what you call your right becomes his left. And the things that often you can think are weak, God can decide that is the very thing I want to empower. That's the very thing I want my power to flow through. So at times we can bring our stuff before God and he switches his hands and says, you don't understand that your right is my left. 
And sometimes what I call left is your right. Can we clap hands as you guys have a seat? Many times you come before God, even in church, you pray, you see God, you say, Lord, do this great thing in my life, but you don't recognize God is just looking at the weak thing in you and saying, you don't understand that if you conquer that, that is going to be where the breakthrough happens in your life. Many of us don't understand that it's the weak place that is connected to your breakthrough. It is your weak, you see, conquering the place you are weak is what is going to bring you to your destiny. It's not excelling in your strength, no. It is the place where you are weak, the place where you keep falling, the place where it always, it's a mess, it's a mess. If you get that right, that is what will elevate you. If you get that right, that's what breaks the generational curses. If you get that right, that's what begins the generational blessings. The generational anointings. The grace that God has for your life. If you conquer the left hand, church. If you conquer the left side, the other side, the weak side. If you say, Lord, that's what I want to focus on and that's where I want the breakthrough. God will look at you and say, yes, it has always been that weak place. I I hope someone is hearing me today. Sometimes it's the thing that you are not proud of and you say, Lord, and you're trying to push this away. And God says, that is the thing I'm going to use. Allow him to train you in that place. Allow him. You make the mistakes, you get back up. You need support, you speak out and you say, I need support. But I want us all to know the thing that is going to impact your life the most is when you look not at the place where you have it under control, the place where it's a mess. And you recognize that that's the place connected to your destiny. Does that make sense to anyone today? Can we start on our feet together? Today, I want, us, I want us to intentionally lift up our left hands only today. Amen? And if you're left-handed, do your right hand, just for the sake of it. I want, us to, I want you to lift up your hand just in representation of a place that's weak in your life. Just in representation of something that you don't get right. Just in a place of something that you believe God does not use and he's not. But lift it up and say, Lord, I pray that you train me in this area. In this year, in 2024, God, I say that this will be my training ground. May I become stronger. May you become wiser. Pray that you become a person of greater revelation but may it happen in that weak place. Let us begin to pray. Let's pray. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, today we lift up, my God, our left hand. We lift up a place of weakness. 
We lift up the place, my God, where you look to us and you say, you want that place. You are interested in the weak hand. You are interested in the weak side. You are interested, my God, in the weaknesses that we carry. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, as we have lifted up our our weaker hands, as even as we lift our hands, they may seem heavy. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you begin to bring a training. I pray in the name of Jesus that you begin to bring understanding. I pray, God, that you would help us to see that, Lord, this is not something just to be upset about. It's not just something to be embarrassed about. It's not just something to feel sad about. But, God, it is a place that you want to uplift us, that you want to build us, that you want to encourage us, that you want to take us forward. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray may your men of God, may your women of God today lift up their voices and no longer live in condemnation, no longer beat themselves up, but to understand that, Lord, you train our hands and our left hands are included, our weaknesses are included, our 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 weak points, my God, are included in what you want to build up. Father, it is not just a stain. It is not just brokenness. It is not just dirt. But God, it is a place where ministry can break forth. It is a place where change can come. It is a place where destinies can be realigned. It is a place where help can come. God, I pray in Jesus' name, may your people no longer be condemned. But I pray, may they be conviction that rises up, that people would stand on their feet and say may this weakness be trained may this anxiety be trained, may this mental health be trained, may these temptations be trained, may this way of speaking be trained may this way of doubting be trained, may this low self value be trained I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help your people today That all the weakness, my God, may be dealt with in the mighty name of Jesus. 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 Now I want us to to take that very left hand. And just for the person next to you on your left side. Or whatever side makes sense. On your left side, yes. Put on the shoulder of of the person on your left side. And I just want you to pray for that person. I just want you to pray for them and to say, Lord, I pray, God, I pray in Jesus' name that the places of weakness work in their hearts. Let's pray. Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we are lifting up, my God, every weak place, my God. We are lifting up every place, my God, in need of ministry. God, I pray, my God, as we are ministering to one another, I pray, my Lord, may you set people free. I pray, my God, may they not stay in embarrassment. I pray pray, my God, may they not stay, my God, worried if someone finds out, if this comes out. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that, my God, their weakness, my God, the place that needs ministry, may it may it come forth, my Lord, and may your hand and grace minister, my God, and bring great change and transformation. I pray, Lord, may they not be worried. I pray, my God, may they not give up. I pray, my Lord, may they not give up. May they not, my God, throw in the time no matter how difficult it gets but I pray my Lord may you lift them up in this time show them that there is still hope my God that you are still doing a work in their hearts and in their lives we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus 
In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we lift up every heart and every mind in this place. Father, I pray, my God, I thank you, Lord, that, Father, there is no place in us, my God, that you are just rejecting. That, Father, the work of renewal and transformation, it includes every part of us. And, Father, we lift up this place in our hearts today. Now, as, as we've put our hands down with every eye closed and every head bowed, I just want to give someone an opportunity in church today. That if you're in this place and you know you're just being honest with yourself and you know that you need to give your whole life over to God. You know maybe that you may have said this prayer at some point but you know truly that it was not taken in effect. And now that you're in a new season, you're in a new year, the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart and you know that it's time to give your life over to God so that He would bring true transformation. I don't want to to try and convince you, but I want to invite you to new life. I want to invite you and let you know that it's available for you. And the great thing about Jesus is all he wants you to do is say yes. And if you're in this place and you just want to say yes to a new life in God, yes to becoming a child of God, a woman of God, and a man of God, I want to invite you just to lift up your hand so I can say this prayer so you receive Jesus in your life as Lord and Savior. I see one hand already going up. I see one hand. If there's anyone else in this place, I see another hand going up. I see another hand going up. I see people in this place who are realizing that today is the day of salvation. And we believe that, that, that God has his, his arms open up to you today. I just want to give any chance to anyone else. Is there anyone else who just wants to say yes to Jesus? Wants to receive him as a Lord and Savior? Just to allow your hands up. I see the hands going up. Now I want you to do one final step. One final step. Even if you want someone to come forward with you, you can do that. If you have a friend and you say, you don't want to walk up alone, I want to invite you to do that even with a friend. So right now, if your hand is up to make the final step, and that's simply just to come to the front so I can pray with you and that this new journey can begin. So can we clap hands as you come to the front? If you have a friend, your friend can come with you. Just stand in the front. Church, can we clap hands? Just stand in the front. Just stand in the front. Just in the front. God bless you. You can just stand in the front. God bless you. 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 Amen. 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 You see, the 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 simple thing with God is all He calls you is just to just to believe, just to believe, and He starts you afresh. It's as easy as that. He doesn't need you to run up a mountain. To He just needs you to believe and give your heart to him. So I'm going to ask everyone in the front, can you just lift up your hands, just to lift up your hands. And you, I'm going to say a prayer, and you're just going to say the prayer after me. Amen? So let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, right now, I give you my life. And I ask you to give me your life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for healing me. And thank you for accepting me. My past is gone. And my future is in your hands. Teach me to speak like you. Teach me to think like you. And teach me to live like you. I am yours. And you are mine. I believe that my life 
is new in Jesus' name. Let me say a prayer for all of you. Father, I come before you. I thank you for all of your amazing... Thank you for listening to this message. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to stay updated for more messages.